Welcome to the Barncast. Just gonna talk about stuff sitting in the Barncast. We're with friends. With all of friends. Barncast. Shoot, you're the worst. <laughs> welcome, welcome. One and all to season three, episode eight. Quit. The podcast? No, seven. 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 You know, it, when I don't have my notes in front of me, it gets hard to remember. This is not an it's, easy job. You could have asked me. I, I could have, but then they would have heard me. So I just took my shot and yeah. I missed. Missed. Uh, my name is Ben Drew, and I am joined by Benton Gallagher and Alex Ritchie. And we are very happy to have you. Unfortunately, Tyler was not able to make it again this week, but someday he'll... He's out, he's out hunting gorillas. Yeah. He called it gorilla warfare. <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> um, so anyway, how's your guys' week going? Pretty good. It's pretty nice that it's like the end of an era, a.k.a. first semester. Yeah. So that's kind of nice to kind of get some new classes coming in, but at the same time, exam week is a bit stressful, but... I think I'm going to miss that this year. Oh, yeah. Right, because I... The last couple of years I've had that, and now I'm... Do you have same. anything for grade, like for your job, like grade six? Nope. Same kids all year, every day. <sighs> Shut up. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I'm glad I have good kids, and I like them. Yeah. Because if I didn't, it would be a long year, I think. But Yeah, that's, I guess you do have them all year long. Like, you get no nope. break. Nope. That's fine. It's fine. I signed up for it. Are you prepared? For next semester? Life. Life. Ben is always prepared. OLP reference. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm always prepared. I roll with the punches really well. Really? Do you? Yeah. I, that's not the impression I get at all. No, he gets fired up. He I gets... get fired up, but like you throw any weird curve at me, I can roll with it. That's fine. You'll just be really angry throughout that curve. Yeah. No, I get angry at, at people who back out of commitments. But that's, that's it. <laughs> I mean, that's just it. I mean, like... I mean, people don't always back out. They just postpone sometimes, but... <laughs> Speaking of commitments, uh, Benton is going to be getting his haircut this Saturday. Saturday. Um, We tried to get it going this week. It didn't quite work out because we're going to go down to 80's Barbershop. And I'm going to get a couple lessons on how to give Benton a fade. Do you get to practice on a mannequin first? You are my mannequin. Ooh. Then I'm I'm doing Richie after. You're the the test subject. Maybe you'll be like... Edward Scissorhands. And yeah. all of a sudden be amazing at it. Like, like, holy shit, new career, done teaching, cutting hair now. Yeah, no, Maybe this will speak to you and be like, I this is my passion now. I can guarantee it's not going to <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hey, maybe I guess crazier things have happened. I, I can always hope. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, true. I, this you, is, so since I brought it up before we started recording, I want to talk about the Tiger Woods. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, go for it. Okay. Who's Tiger Woods? Sorry. Okay, so he's a golfer. <laughs> um, I've been a lifelong Tiger fan. He's a Tiger mm-hmm. fan forever because he's like, I mean, I've watched golf forever, so he's all, and he's been the guy to watch. Yeah. <clears throat> so the new documentary came out, and I was super excited for it, super excited, and then all of a sudden some of the reviews came out, and they were like, oof. Like, uh, they compared it to the MJ documentary, and mm-hmm. those who haven't seen that, they kind of make Jordan look like this uh, – God of basketball, which right. I'm not saying he wasn't, mm-hmm. but they basically didn't point out any of his flaws and kind of like, kind of the ass that he was to be on his team and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think yeah. they might the producers of this one might have went the other way with it. 
and just look at this piece of shit. Yeah. (laughs) So I've said like there's two episodes. Tiger does not support this documentary. He's not in it. Unlike the MJ one where he's in it and had final say on the cuts. Right. Tiger's not in it. Five minutes in, they had his um, uh, nursery school uh, or primary teacher, kindergarten teacher on there. (laughs) Because she remembers him so vividly Talking about how he didn't always just want to play golf, but he used to come to me and ask me to talk to his dad about playing, not wanting to play golf, but his father forced him to play it. And his father was such a son of a bitch and like all this stuff. Like his father was a two-time like nom vet. Yeah, yeah. Right? like he was like I'm demolition sure was, and nom. Like, I'm yeah, sure he was, he was a serious guy. And, like I'm sure he was a hard ass. Yeah, right. Yeah. But anyway, so there was that, and I was like, okay. So I turned it off at that point. Like f- not even ten minutes into the first yeah. time I watched it. So I started to try to watch it again last night, and I've heard it gets better. But last night it got to the point where it was this high school girlfriend. Oh my god! Talking about how this shit this, is gossipy. They have, yeah, they, right. Like so, it's they like had this real high, housewives. Yeah, of. they had a high school girlfriend on, and she talks about how they had a life plan together, and all this. Like he didn't just want to golf. Golf wasn't the only thing he wanted. He wanted a family with me, and all this stuff. And then she saved a letter that he wrote her to break up with her. That he it says like him and his parents decided that they should break up. And she saved this letter, so it's been I don't know twenty odd years that she's kept this handwritten. You could probably book. sell it. Well, yeah. you probably could now. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's just like, and it's everybody that they interview. Um, it's his old caddy, Steve Williams, who had they had like a very public breakup. Yeah. Um, after Tiger kind of went downhill there for a minute, and so they have him on there. They have uh, then it's just a bunch of people like the guy who was like the assistant pro at the club. He was a junior, right? At, right when he was like twelve. <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Like, it's all people who seem to have something against Tiger right. in the first episode. Now, I've heard it does get a little bit better. But the first episode, it's like, it's pain. It's a little bit painful to watch as someone who, like, loves Tiger. It's like, I know he's not a perfect person. Right. But what is he more known for? Like, cheating on his wife or, like, changing the world of golf? Becoming the f- yeah. like, He was the first billion-dollar athlete. Like, what's he more known for? Being an asshole or? Right, but what's going to get you views? No, like that's I mean, what the that's what the producers true, definitely are true. thinking. Yeah. That's true. I don't know. I just look at it. I I couldn't like they um. There's the only golf person they've had so far in the first episode is Nick Faldo, who's a like a Hall of Fame golfer. He mm-hmm. commentates a lot of the golf tournaments currently, but he hates Tiger, right? Like he does, like he came, like when Tiger came onto the scene, like Nick Faldo was the guy, uh, and then okay. Tiger came on and just won the Masters, like. When he was like nineteen or twenty or something like that, and yeah. beat Nick Faldo's record at the Masters, like so, of course, like he doesn't like him, right? He just yeah. he, like uh, uh, this. He's the old guy, and Tiger came on and just started smashing records. Like I, uh, I like I still can't get over the fact that they went to his like grade one teacher. No, <laughs> yeah. like, kind- I'm pretty sure you said kindergarten teacher. Kinder- whatever this, it could be any teacher. Like any documentary you've ever watched about anybody great or terrible, they have never gone to one of their teachers. If so, it would be at least like grade eleven yeah. or grade twelve when they're, when they're a bit more of a fully like, functioning human. Tiger yeah. played golf at Stanford. They couldn't get one of his professors. Yeah, or his high school, his college golf coach. Yeah. Like, well, no, he Tiger. You know, when he was in school, he just wanted to play with sand. He never wanted. Probably to he was be... fucking five. Yeah, that's what I mean, like, <laughs> and that's actually how he led to golf. Yeah. With the sand traps. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it, I, I'm, I'm told it gets better the second half. Like, right. it talks more about his golf. But you can tell it's leading. Like it hasn't got to there yet. But you can tell this episode is leading into the indis- right. indiscretions. So how like how many times have you tried to get three times? This <laughs> three times. Now I, to be fair, like I am extremely biased. Like I'm a huge Tiger Woods fan, right? Um, and I hope he wins every golf tournament he's ever in. Um, 
and I lose a lot of money on that, especially in the last couple of years. But um, I don't know. I just you would have like been raking it in circa like 1998, though. Oh my god, 98 to like 2001. Although yeah. the odds probably would have been like two to one. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's gonna. Of course, he's gonna win. He won like 14 tournaments this yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's just uh, I was excited for it. Like, and I got a little disappointed. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. Especially where the last Tiger documentary from Netflix was amazing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So to go Although from... he's going to give up his Tigers now again. Well, he does No, but whoever owns the... Yeah, the, the yeah. owners of his, his, his zoo have to give up the Cubs, which is not a terrible thing. Does Carol Baskins have to give up her Cubs? I hope. I hope she goes to jail. She definitely killed her husband. I or had definitely killed. killed her husband. I was really hoping, because there was all that talk of like Trump's pardoning on yeah. the last day, and the Tiger King kept creeping in there. But he did Lil Wayne and Kodak. Black. Okay, so can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. Lil Wayne like was charged with weapons charges, right? Yeah. And like he was guilty. Yeah. Yeah. So why did he like he was clearly guilty? So he, but why did he pardon him then? And Kodak uh, Black he is was... like a sex offender, <laughs> right? And like let's just pardon him too. Like there's other people I'm sure he could have pardoned that have better well, like, cases. Trump made a case like if you include me in a song, then I will pardon you. Well, Lil Wayne and Trump, like Trump, Lil Wayne supported Trump. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so, of course, he's going to get a pardon. Like, that's how it works. I mean, there's talk that they were selling pardons, right? Like, like right. That, that whole yeah. thing, Rudy. I'm so Rudy, surprised. Rudy was trying to sell one for $2 million, apparently. Yeah, because Trump wouldn't pay his legal fees. Right. <laughs> I got to earn my, my money somehow. So, right. why didn't Trump pardon more people, though? Like, there's members of his family who are being, like, He's lazy. He doesn't so care. So they about said, his like, well, I read about that. They said that they, if he pardons members of his family or like extreme inner circle before they're even convicted of something, right? Like they'll be investigated for something else. Like they'll it'll put more pressure on him. Like, right. So somebody obviously told him that because he's not that forward thinking. No. Like I mean, yeah. he did pardon Steve Bannon before he even went to trial. Okay, can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. Because that is my perfect metaphor. And someone says, you guys get real political lately. And we're, we're not going to. But I just, I love this. It's because Steve Bannon, mm-hmm. he pardoned Steve Bannon for fraud. Steve Bannon created a charity for Build the Wall, which he then stole from. Yeah. Right? So he, so Steve Bannon is the guy all the Trump supporters believed in. Right. Gave money to, to build that wall. And then he just stole it. Yeah. And then Trump's like, and I'm pardoning you. Like, it just shows you how much yeah. he hates his base. You know yeah. what I mean? Like. He's like, no. But they don't see it that way. No, yeah. No. Anyway. But it was just a little, like, I mean, there was a lot, like, there were, you could bet on who he was going to pardon. Yeah. I thought it was going to go. That like, would have been an interesting, like, Vegas odds scenario. Like, yeah, no. What was the odds Tiger King would have been? I, I don't know, but there pardoned. were, like. There were? Like, bookies had that? Yeah, no, you, you could actually bet like, on Like, most of them were, like, politicians and, like, his yes, no, past yeah, advisors and shit like that, but. Yeah. God, um, but Sorry, hey, I thought I heard something that scared me a little bit. Um, I scratched my seat. Oh, uh, I that's exactly what it was. <laughs> I thought somebody was at the door. Me too. Um, but I will say I have breathed a sigh of relief that Joe Biden's in. Now we can yes. stop caring about American politics. Yes. I'm now it so goes back excited. to the way it was before. Just yeah. like, yeah, do whatever you want. Oh, You're doing fine. so relaxing. Do whatever you want. Do you, have you seen all the Bernie Sanders memes? Oh, my the gosh, mittens? Yeah. That, the mittens. I like that I've seen one who's like sitting in the rink or sitting at Tim Hortons. Yes. Like, <laughs> he does oh, they, look like a Tim Hortons guy there. Yeah. Or a rink it's like guy. like 5.30 a.m. Just yeah. like waiting outside for the Tim Hortons to open up so you can go and sit with all the other men that age. My favorite was like 8.30 a.m. Bob dry cleaning. 11 a.m. Do Joe's thing. 2.30. <laughs> 
go to the post office. Like, that's exactly what he looked like. He looked like my grandfather who was, like, running his errands. But I, I watched a bit of it, and you're right. It's like, okay, now things all of a sudden seem normal. Like, there's not going to be much to watch. Like, people aren't going to... It's yeah. still going to be all Trump news because he's got so much to be accountable for that now he can be accountable for. Yeah, yeah. but he won't be. I mean, that... No, but that's sure. going to be a nice kind of Trump news. Like, I'm yes. sick of seeing, like, he's saying this racist stuff. He's doing these racist policies. He's doing these terrible things. And no one's doing anything about it, right? Like, but if if he's in there and he's just getting pounded out in 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 courts, I'm fine with that. So what happens with the impeachment with the second impeachment? He's obviously out. He's not, you know, president anymore. Can he okay. still be convicted of the things that he did prior, and then like not get this Secret Service yeah. intel? He loses pension, his uh, yeah. presidential pension, and all okay. that stuff too. That's, and that it will stop him from running again. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, that's the most important thing. That's definitely why they're really going after it. Because God get... forbid Trump twenty twenty four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you just imagine Pence twenty twenty four? No, he won't run. He tried to really save his ass towards the end. Yeah, he did. He, he compensated, which was nice. I'm just excited for the next one. Let's do it again. Another election. Yeah. Let's see who it's going to be. Let's get weird. I mean, it's the crazy thing is, in like two years, it's going to start. Like you're going to start hearing about it, but. I see Canadians. A lot of Canadians on my Facebook are actually mad already about Joe Biden. Why? Oh, Keystone, the Keystone Pipeline. Oh yeah, yes, you yeah, know, yes. And, and it's not even in the American news. Like they barely, like, they barely. Like, yeah. When they talk about all the things he signed day one, it's like a footnote. Yeah. Like they yeah. don't even mention it. It's just like also added there. Like it's nothing to them. See, I'm, and I understand our, our brothers and sisters out west. Like the oil sector is a is a big source of money, and it's hard. Yeah. But we cannot build any new infrastructure for oil we need to push to move towards a renewables well yes. one of them said coal they were going to start mi- they start mining coal in the rockies one of the alberta oh he's like well, if you're not going to do this we're going to destroy the rockies me <laughs> <laughs> yeah like got you a child yeah um it's just been a like, crazy week and that's one of the, the key things that they've been talking about like we're still like i mean we're not out of the woods by any stretch no matter what we do it's going to get a little little, little rough but if we don't build any new infrastructure, mm-hmm. and as the other ones age out, just replace it with renewables. That'll put us in, a, in an okay spot. So I'm pumped that they're they're shutting down the Keystone. Yeah. Um, but I, I was going to bring it tonight, and I completely forgot. Did you not get a copy of that? Was it the EPO? Oh, yes, I got Did one. you get a copy yeah, of it? Absolutely. Okay. Did you I saved one? it. I did Because I was going to bring it here to show you. It well, I burned it immediately for fire. It is absolutely crazy. <laughs> it is insane. So there's so much anti-China stuff. Yeah. It's hilarious. The, and like every, like everything's against like Canada. So and, yeah. So the Epoch Times is, is this periodical newspaper that was delivered to your house. Yes. So and who makes it? The Epoch Times uh, is a far right international multi-language newspaper and media company affiliated with the Falun Gong news religious movement based in Midtown Manhattan. Um, Falun Gong. Yep. That was a big thing in Hong Kong as well. Like, they were, like, really persecuted and, like, shunted to, like, prisons and stuff like that. That's interesting. I didn't know that. It so, opposes the Chinese Communist Party and promotes far-right politicians in Europe and in the back of President Donald Trump. So I think with the rise of right-wing politics, they're just like, hey, here, and it says on it, like, trial copy or something like that. Yeah. Like you can oh, subscribe yeah. to it. But I, mean, I, sh- I was going to bring I'll bring it next time because it's when you look through it, it is absolutely crazy. It is really because some of it's they try and do things like this is good for your lifestyle. And directly below that is like, fuck you, China. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. no breaks, like lifestyle. Yeah, and it's like yeah. your lifestyle should be fuck you, China. Yeah, yeah. So I'm on their website, one of their articles. 
ideological alignment pushing America towards totalitarianism. I love it. Yeah. Right? Like, it's it's all worst-case scenario. It's all, yeah. like, the far-right stuff. And that's... But, like, to get it delivered to my house... In Overton. Really in Overton, Nova yeah. Scotia. Right? Like, it's just weird that it, like... Because I saw a post about it, and I was like, oh, that's weird that that person... But they were in Halifax, right? Yeah. And then the next day, it's, like, in my mailbox. Yeah. I was like, Danny, come look at this. And, like, we're, like, flipping through. I'm like, this is absolutely crazy. But it goes, like, it, it, it kind of plays off that... Uh, whatever that documentary on Netflix was about uh, social media. Right, Like, you yes. know what you see kind of thing, right? Yes. Like, you're only going to see what you want to see. And if that's the newspaper people are getting and reading all their news from, you're going to think the world is an absolutely terrible place. Yeah. Now, the good news is they won't be able to maintain that weird distribution to no. rural Nova Scotia. But the thing is, is rural... Well, people are going to sign up. I guarantee well, people But the thing is, yeah, rural up. areas are more at risk. Like, Yes. I mean, you just look at... Socialists. <laughs> yeah, the breakdown is like... <laughs> but, you know, whatever. It was really funny regardless. And you know what? I appreciated the fact that I could easily start my fireplace using that newspaper. Yeah. So, you know, thank you, Epoch. Yeah. One good sir. One good crazy thing. Oh, in other news, this week, I'm going to be able to see Uranus with a pair of binoculars. um, Really? Yeah. Uh, Uranus is out this week. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So many. We we could do this all night. It's not like a Futurama thing. They're like, oh, we changed that name. It was a terrible name. Uranus. What's it called now? (laughs) Eurectum. No, I see people pronounce it Uranus. I'm like, yeah. come on. Uranus. We all we all know what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So right now, um, Uranus Uranus is right by Mars and it's extra bright and the moon is pretty dim. So you with a if you live out in the country, you should mm-hmm. be able to see it with the bare eye, but uh, even in the town you could see it with a pair of binoculars or a little telescope. So if I went to Quinnon, I could see Uranus? Yeah. Okay. I could probably go to your house and see Uranus. You could definitely go to my house and see it. Yeah. Especially, Definitely. I get right up close with some binoculars and study so all the uh, this, yeah. Yeah. this summer we of had, Uranus. Uh, well, over COVID, <laughs> all the, like the dents, you know, all the particles that are just kind of left there. Oh, over COVID, we had tons of fires in the backyard because yes, like, not much else to do, right? Yep. And, like I would, like I don't know why, but like I forgot. Like we were sitting there one night and I forgot like how much of the night sky you can see because it's like when you look over my backyard, it's the ocean. Yeah. It's the Bay of Funday, so it's like all nice. it's anyway, it's really neat. But like, and so I was Dan and I both downloaded those like uh, constellation, yeah, apps oh, yeah. on your phone where you put about at the sky and like it shows you what you're looking at, yeah. And we're just like walking around like a bunch of losers, like <laughs> in the backyard, like looking at different constellations through our phone. I was like, we could just put this down now and just stare <laughs> and just look at the stars. Yes, also an option, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. It's still good to it's my dad's huge into that stuff, and like. We in PEI, we live like so short, there is no one around. Like his house yeah. in the middle of the field. So we'll go and he'll like show me all these it's things. I never remember. Of course, it's a potato field. What <laughs> other kind of field? I didn't know other fields existed until I left PEI. I just assumed it was all potatoes. You guys have yards? We <laughs> <laughs> just have small potato fields in front and back of our house in our yeah. suburb. And like but the- little, a little patch to kind of walk down in between the two fields, right? But one you cultivate, one you let rest. I don't think you, you really know? like appreciate it or even notice it until you like actually see the night sky, like right. without city lights. Like we used to, when I worked in Maine, like uh, the summer camp, like there's no lights. Like we're out in backwoods, Maine, like you could see it like crazy. Yeah. Right. But like I remember the constellations from Star Lab. You remember Star Lab? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Did you ever do Star Lab? I did. Yeah, mom used to do it. Yeah, the inflatable. For though our listeners don't know what that is, they used to bring in an inflatable dome. It's like playing parachute and physette. Yeah, but yeah. They, they shot the constellations all over them. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, when I was in China, you couldn't see anything in that because it was obviously Smog. just like 
smog, constant light pollution. It was ridiculous. So it always threw me when we came back and just like coming to PEI and the quietness of it. Like I would get tinnitus because it was too quiet. And like the stars, I was just like, what is this? It was so, it was crazy. Yeah. I loved it though. Minus the not sleeping thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Want to hear something crazy that happened in Australia this week? Always. All right. Um, so it looks like, you know, it, it seems like it could be a story out of like the QAnon America right now, but it's down in Australia. And there's a man who walked into a Melbourne uh, animal shelter with uh, like full camouflage gear and an assault rifle. And he started pointing it at the female worker. Okay. So obviously she's traumatized by him. Mm-hmm. So this man's name is Mr. Whitman. Uh, he has 40, uh, he's 44 and faces charges of kidnapping, false imprisonment, armed robbery, and firearm offenses. So why do you guys think he would just walk into an animal shelter with an assault rifle and tactical gear? Zombie dogs. Zombie dogs? He's been playing too much Call of Duty Cold War. Yeah. I'm assuming just a, a, like a horrible overreaction to like her not swiping right on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> it said you were two kilometers away. I found you. Yeah. Um, well, he called the Lost Dogs home shelter uh, on Monday, but was told he would have to wait uh, till the following morning to c- claim his lost cat. So this is all over a cat. Like an expensive cat? Or like a, they just found it on the side of the street and he's like got serious issues with this cat. He's, he's run of the mill. He's got serious issues. I mean, that's evident. And it's not even... <laughs> my favorite part of the story is not that... He said, no, you can't have your cat back. Like, no, you can get it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like a, a tiny bit of patience. Yeah. So, um, And he probably didn't call it like 8 a.m. on Monday, and they said, no, get it tomorrow. It was probably like 10 minutes before closing. Yeah, so he, he, he calls. I said, you're going to have to get it tomorrow. He comes into the shelter that day, dressed in full camouflage, tied her up, demanding to know where so the cat's are. How did they even are. see him? The cages. Boo. I don't think he was wearing cages. Boo. <laughs> Boo. Yeah. We went into a building wearing camouflage. Yeah. I, also, aren't is it like all guns banned in Australia? Yeah, I don't know how I got this. Yeah. Oh, shit. I thought this was about, like, I legit, I didn't hear the start of it. That's I thought Australia. you were Florida. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Like, <laughs> like they're not gone. Gonna, you can't they, get a gun in Australia. No, you can have, I think, long rifles and shotguns still. Still? I guess you will. For farming, yeah, for farming. Outback, yeah, like, that makes yeah. sense. You got to shoot your kangaroo somehow. Fighting dingoes. Mm. Yeah. So he goes in there and says, if you do, uh, as I say, and listen to me, I will not shoot you. And then he, and then he kind of looked around and he told her to count to 100 before calling the police when he left. <laughs> he was like, okay, on your honor, count to 100. Yeah. And, you know, one, 1,000. None of this. One, one Mississippi, two, three, four, five, six, seven. two Mississippi. Yeah. So he then left the shelter, buried his clothes and weapons near his home. Now, good news, no animals were taken or harmed during this raid. Including his cat. Yeah. So he didn't, he didn't get the cat. Um, Unsuccessful mission. And then he returned to the shelter the next day to reclaim the animal. Um, and then he was arrested later on. Shocking. So he, he, so he reportedly, after he's arrested, he's talking to the cops, and he says, this cat on multiple occasions has brought me back from the brink. So, like, his life is Service so... Service cat. His, his life is so bad that this cat... Has brought him back from. This is his emotional support cat. Lord knows what he would have. Like done. I love my cat, but holy shit! Like, come on, it shits in the plants. Like, it's not the greatest cat. I'm just saying, yeah. like you, you can love your animals and, and and all that, and they 
do wonders for your mental health and your happiness. But for sure. Your your pet should not bring you back from the brink multiple times. You need to find other help at that yes. point, right? Like a, a cat, human. Yeah, a cat is not suited to deal with that. Although it sounds like, given that he is that much of a like affinity for the cat, he's probably not the greatest with humans. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Like, I I, I'm guessing his social circle is not the widest. But regardless, yeah, and like it's like you said, it's one thing if they were like, "No, you can't get this cat back because you're crazy." They're yeah. like, "No, no, just wait like a couple hours and you can get the cat." And he's like, "Too much time." And he's yeah. like, "I'm gonna storm it like a Capitol building." Well, the the detective was he wearing senior, like a Chewbacca bikini? The detective senior <laughs> underneath, constable, underneath the camera. <laughs> um, the cops were like, "On this occasion, he acted to get back possession of his cat, and like which he was only gonna be without for possibly ten hours." So, like, this guy goes full Rambo because he can't wait 10 hours to get his cat back. So, there's... like The biggest overreaction imaginable. And this uh, Mr. Whitman was in the Army, but uh, no surprise, he was discharged for failing to render efficient service. Because the cat wasn't with him? I guess he he didn't have his bomb-sniffing cat. Right. (laughs) It's like blowing up, like, an anthill with a dynamite. You know what I mean? Like that kind of overreaction to not getting a cat for 10 hours. But I mean, he's clearly not emotionally stable. stable. Yeah. Yeah. Emotionally, mentally. That might be the best thing he did all week. Yeah. Like who's to say what else he did? Exactly. Well, and hey, it got him help. I mean, maybe he cut a squirrel up with a machete. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Some dark stuff up there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, And then here's another arrest that was quite interesting. This Mm -hmm. one is back in the States. Um you probably heard about the man living in the airport. Well, after you told me about yeah. it. So a man was arrested. Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom yes. Hanks was... Uh, that was actually... I like that movie. Yeah. Terminal? Terminal, yeah. Yeah. That was, a bit, that was based on a true story, too. Look at this. I, I knew that. Yeah. I, yeah, I wouldn't have thought of it now, but I did hear yeah. that before. So he was arrested at Chicago's O'Hare Airport for trespassing after he lived in the airport for three months. Ugh. His name was Aditya So Sain. stinky. It's of all places to O'Hare like airport. I, from what I know, is not exactly like the Ritz Carlton of airports. No, like it's not even like close to it in the states. So you're, it's like it's not like LaGuardia. No, it's kind of like what I'm. I'm assuming Yarmouth Airport looks like. You've never been in it? No, oh, you're missing out. Yeah, I flew through there once. I flew, really? Uh, to Halifax. I flew oh, okay. to, uh, to Halifax to Montreal from the Yarmouth Airport. What was that experience like? It's like a half-hour flight. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. I mean, it's dope. You're like, yeah, I'm in Halifax now. Yeah. It was weird. Like, you can do that from Charlottetown. It's like a 45-minute flight, but that's like, there's not connecting flights. You can just book that. Like, yeah. who would book a 45-minute flight from, like, Charlottetown? To, mind you, I say that, and I took it once, like, a 22-minute flight, so I can't say too much. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, so guy. Aditya Sign was charged with felony criminal trespass after he was found in a restricted area of the airport. So he's mm-hmm. like, you know, three months, you're starting to get to know the place. You're yeah. like, oh, I'm going to explore a bit. Starts painting. Um, he was also charged with theft of less than $500, so nothing too major. So he only stole one water. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, he appeared in court on Sunday and was issued a $10,000 bond. And if um, bail is posted, he'll be monitored electronically. So, back at the airport. Yeah, I guess. Like that is home base. Just let me go home, guys. <laughs> so, Need that why do you think he was there? War in his home country. Yeah, I'm assuming the same thing as Tom yeah. Hanks. Like he couldn't, he couldn't go home or like just 
hated his home and want, thought it was a better spot. Maybe he's homeless. Yeah. I don't know. He's homeless flying internationally. Well, no, but if you're, anyone can walk into an airport. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't get into like the guts. No, but it. think about the Halifax airport. How long could you sit in the main terminal before you have to go through security? Like, that's where the restaurants Not three months. Are. They got cameras. No, but. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, O'Hare is a very busy airport. Right. Um, so he was afraid to fly home due to the coronavirus pandemic. The vids. So yeah. he was just hanging out in the airport because he was scared to get corona on the actual plane. My favorite part of this is he's hanging out on an airport in the United States, which is the worst country of COVID in the world. Yeah. And, like, he's interacting with thousands <laughs> of people a day yeah. versus, like, a hundred on an airplane. Yeah. So... As soon as he was finally discovered after three months, they called the police. But, yeah, it's crazy that he's like, I know what's better than going to my home country. I'm going to stay in the States. Yeah. Where they have 400,000 dead. Like He needed his emotional support cat. Yeah. Maybe make better decisions. Or Peacock. I saw somebody try to get an emotional support Peacock on a plane In once. real life? In real life. Wow. Yeah. Didn't go I always go thought over. those were like, you know, like fables. You know, like these things don't actually exist, but they do exist. They do. Yeah, there's photos. I never saw one. I've I've definitely seen like dogs and like I saw a bird once, but never like a peacock or anything. Okay. Yeah, it was very weird. Um, People are weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Sign told the authorities that he had found an employee ID badge and and that other passengers would give him food, so he was able to eat, and then he could access different parts of the airport with an ID badge. So, including the showers, I hope. Yeah, because I mean, that that might have given it away as well. <laughs> yeah, just do like uh, just do um, some some under the pits in the shower. Just that. Just like in the sink. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So I was like half looking at this and yeah. Sorry. Um, Respond to me, Ben. Give me attention, please. <laughs> Invited me over. So it's unclear why Sign, who's from Orange, uh, California, came to Chicago in the first place. So I guess he's from the states. He just didn't want to go back to California. So wait, wait, wait. So it wasn't even international. No, I guess not. <laughs> I didn't even read this far into the article, but yeah. So he was was too scared to take a domestic flight. Yeah, but California is pretty brutal for COVID. So I'm starting to side with him on this one. But where in California? Orange, California. Orange County. No, just Orange. <laughs> there's just an Orange, California. Yeah, there's a place. It's yeah, it's just called Orange. Um, that definitely sounds like the hub oh, yeah. of COVID to me. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't know why he went to Chicago from Orange, California. Um, but he doesn't have a criminal uh, background. So I think he was just a man who was scared to fly home. But it's crazy that it's three months is a long time. Yeah. I have like, I can't even think of something. summer. What's your longest layover? That I've had? Yeah. I've had over 24 hours. Yeah. Like I've slept in like the Kuala Lumpur, like, the floor of the airport with like the backpack as my pillow. I did that in Iceland. Yeah. I yeah. Had, uh, okay. Yeah, mine was only, I think I had a 12 hour layover, like this little village up north. Cause there's just, the weather was way too bad to fly. And like, right. in those airports, there's a vending machine. Yeah. Like there was nothing else. Like it was, it felt longer than 12 hours. My worst trip back would have been, I flew from New Zealand back to PEI in one swoop. So it was like, Auckland to Sydney, Australia, Sydney, Australia to LA, LA to Montreal, Montreal to Charlottetown. All like, I, by the time I got home, my parents were like, what is wrong with you? We did a... I looked like a zombie. A couple years ago, we did a flight home from Florida. Like, it just it was just a really shitty timing. It was definitely yeah. the cheapest flight of the day, because yeah. we flew out super early from Tampa, 
and then we flew direct to Toronto. And we were in Toronto until about 4. Like, we landed in Toronto at, like, 9 a.m. We were there until uh-huh. 4. So you had, like, we seven-hour layover in, in Toronto. Toronto. Luckily, we were able to go into, like, one of the lounge. Yeah, oh, and there were showers yes. and free food and everything. Those are the best. But then after that one, we flew to Ottawa and had to wait there for, like, four. From Toronto to Ottawa is <laughs> a terrible flight anyway. Yeah. And then we had to wait, in like, four hours in Ottawa to fly to Halifax. Like, it was a... <laughs> I was so mad. Like it was absolutely brutal with a three-year-old. Like, oh my god, my brother-in-law when he came to visit us, him and his girlfriend came to visit us in China. They had to fly from Hong Kong to Toronto, or sorry, no, Hong Kong to Vancouver, Vancouver to Toronto, Toronto to Winnipeg. Those are always the worst. When you yeah. see those flights, like you're gonna fly over the place you're going because yeah, drop in flights, right? That's like coming back from Florida. Like when you see the map on the on yes, your screen, and you're, you're like, oh, there's Yarmouth. Yeah. Yeah. Still like a five hour trip till I get home. Yeah. yeah, oh, it's brutal. But all right, let's move on for a little bit of culture. Benton Gallagher would like to invite you to join him on a journey through histories and mysteries. So lately, I don't know what, why, but I've gotten back into like looking things up from World War II. I don't know what kind of, because I mean, it's, it's the courses I took the most in university were focused around it. Anyway, I, I just got back into looking at it and I came across a story the other day about the night witch, the Russian night witches. Night witches. Have you heard of this? Uh, I've heard of the Hungarian sandwiches. For a second, I thought you meant something real. No. Okay. So, <laughs> anyway, these Russian night witches were pilots bombing. They were bombed. They flew, quote unquote, bombers. Okay. Um, and so, in total, just before I get into it, they dropped 23,000 tons of bombs on Germany. These oh, women. Wow. Okay. So, or equivalent of like one sour bomba. Right. Right. So, they were these Russian women. So, it was, it was the brainchild, as they say of a woman named Marina Raskova. She was known as the Soviet, like, Amelia Earhart. Like, she had all these, okay. like, women's flying records, or long flight records and all this stuff. And so during the war, women in Russia weren't allowed to fight. They could do support roles and things like that, but they weren't allowed to get into it. Yeah. So she had received, like, hundreds of letters from women wanting to get into it. Mm-hmm. So she's like, well, basically, I'm known for flying. Let's see if we can make this happen. So she went. She was um, an early trendsetter she, for bombing. She positions. Uh, she pro- she petitioned Stalin to like let her do this, right? And eventually, so he was like, you know what? Sure. I feel like I'll that's you- not a letter you want to write, especially to Stalin. Right. Like any letter to Stalin, I'd just be terrified. I'd be like, okay, I'm, he's going to kill me now. Yeah. Yeah. So, but eventually, he said yes, and he gave them the squadron of bombers. But when they showed up to the airfield where they st- in um, eight, in 1941. The planes were all like hand-me-down planes. They were crop dusters from like the 20s. Like the, a lot of them were plywood and canvas. That's all they were. And the bombs were attached to the wings by wire that they physically had to pull <laughs> from the cockpit <laughs> to rip. drop these bombs. Um, so most nights, uh, most of the women were ages 17 to 26. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, like, so they were young. Um, and they were called the night witches, obviously, because they f- like these planes, one, they couldn't go as high as the other bombers. They couldn't go as far as the other bombers, so they had to fly at night, which was the safest time for them. And the Germans ended up hating them so much. That's where they get the name Night Witches. Any German who took one down was automatically awarded the Iron Cross. Oh, wow. wow. So they were effective. They were very effective. So the thing is, though, there wasn't many of them. I just lost that number. Um, 
So there, well, there was about 400 women, but they didn't have 400 planes, and they flew two to a plane. Uh, the th- they had these since they had these little crop dusters, and they couldn't fly fire. They couldn't fly very long. They do multiple runs in a night. They would execute anywhere between eight to twenty flights a night. Oh, wow, that's busy. Like they go up, drop bombs, turn around, go back, strap in two new bombs, <laughs> and fly back. And they said like these women, they like it was cold, obviously. Mm. And Russia. there, there's no cockpits. Like they weren't enclosed planes. Like you'd, like a lot of them were in World War II, especially the bombers, which were these massive planes. And yeah. Anyway, so they, what did I say? Twenty three thousand tons of bomb. Yeah, uh, and they f- even f- they got to the point where they were actually invited to uh, attack Berlin. Like wow. they were there. In 1945, bombing like three kilometers outside of Berlin. <laughs> That's awesome. Like and like they knew like the Nazis hated them, obviously. But they right. talk about like there's lots of stories about like, basically the women referred to these planes as coffin with wings because they were literally made of wood <laughs> and canvas <laughs> yeah. is what their planes were made of, right? And it's just it's just a really kind of cool story that like so instead of most pilots in World War II were given guns and radios and parachutes mm. and things like that, but they couldn't because. The planes weren't heavy enough themselves, <laughs> so they couldn't carry this stuff. So they were given tools such as stopwatches, rulers, flashlights, and pencils. All what you want. Yeah. So if you go down, you have a map, a ruler, and a pencil. Well, you to- got a stopwatch, <laughs> you know, like, okay, I've been falling this long, so yeah. I'm, I'm landing, and you're, you're jotting out your vectors on your map. Oh, I think I'm landing over here, and if I don't die on impact, well... So the the funny thing about their planes was that the Nazis couldn't send planes out after them because the max speed of these little crop dusters was slower than the stalling speed of the German planes. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, So yeah. they couldn't really chase them down. Like, they could, but they had to go in from long range, trying to, ch- and especially at nighttime, right? So they, but with, the thing is, they, were, they weren't flying too high. They could, they were prone to machine gun fire. It's like when Sideshow Bob stole the blimp at the Simpsons and they use aircraft carriers to try and get it and they go so fast past. I'm like, uh, we're now three kilometers away. We need to turn around. Like they, like any couple shots, that's all it took to take these planes down, right? Because I mean, they're using anti-air guns, right? And there's these little tiny wooden planes. But I just, anyway, there was, um, uh, the last flight took, so they flew 588 missions. Wow. The last flight took place on May 4th, 1945. When they were within mod, just miles of Berlin, and then three days later is when Ger- like Germany surrendered. Yeah, but it's just like it's one of these stories that didn't come out right away. Yeah, because right. well, Russians didn't yeah. want people to know they had women flying their planes, and that it actually worked. Like it was because it was it was one of those things. Well, if it doesn't work, everyone kind of expects it to not work. Right. Yeah, because we're giving them nothing. Yeah, and it turns out, and so the Germans um, they had two theories about why these women were so effective. One is that they were masters at stealing and had been sent to the front lines as punishment, or they had oh. been given special injections that allow them to see at night. Wow. Only or they're actual witches, and they used magic. <laughs> so in five... Uh, sorry. I, and so there was 588 different nights they flew, but in total there was around 30,000 missions that they went. Because, like, I mean, they're flying... Yeah, like, right. Like 20 up to, missions a night. Right. right. And, and in total they lost uh, 30 pilots. That's good. Right, and 24, and 24 of them were uh, awarded a title of hero of the Soviet Union, which is... Is that like the highest honor yeah. they had? Uh, yeah. Wow. And the woman who started it, eventually she was sent to the front lines as a, to be like a full-on fighter pilot, but she died before the war was over. Okay. Because like it was Did working so well. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, 
and she was given the very first uh, she was given the very first state funeral of World War II, and her ashes were buried at the, in the Kremlin. Oh, wow. yeah, uh, that's amazing. After six For months after the Russia. war, though, they shut the whole program down. And well, not at war anymore. I mean, but it's Russia. I mean, I guess they could still be training women pilots. Like. No, they completely disbanded. Like everyone was out. Six yeah. months. Like, thanks for your. What I like about thirty thousand missions and twenty three thousands worth of bombs. What I like about the story is the fact that this was like clearly successful from the get go. Yeah. And even after like five hundred days, they're still <laughs> using like a box yeah, with like, like a bicycle seat and like yeah. a pedal to make it go. But I mean, that's I they said like that's part of the reason maybe it was successful. Maybe yeah, so, so small, low and, tech, right? Yeah. And at night, when you think about it, they're dropping bombs, and other things are dropping bombs, and there's stuff going on. You're not going to hear these little prop planes flying True. above the city. Yeah. It's not I making mean, any. It's like a what is it? A Prius on in the sky? Yeah, it's just going so slow you don't even hear it. Right. Well, yeah. it's just crazy when you think that in total like, around thirty thousand missions, and they only lost thirty pilots. Yeah, it's very impressive. Yeah. It's a good stat. Anyway, I thought it was a really kind of cool story. That's what I wanted to bring tonight. It was. It were was you, cool. When you studied, like when you did your history degree, were you mostly into like the the Russian, like what, like the, the Eastern, Eastern Eastern theater? Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah like uh, I I didn't follow. I did t- a couple of, like uh, Pacific theater, war theater right. courses, but I didn't find them as interesting. I didn't do any of that, and it's weird. I didn't ca- not that I didn't care about it, but I wasn't interested in it until I one lived there and yep. two started well, teaching yeah. global history. When I so like I just had there were so many options that I mm. just kept going to the European theater stuff because like and you, you know as you go you get to choose more courses of things that you like right. and there are a lot as you get to like fourth year they're way more focused yeah and you get to do right. like exactly what you want exactly so that's basically what I studied for like two straight years was but there's I mean there's obviously so much that like I'd never heard of this right yeah but, yeah well yeah. yeah there's I mean it's so many complexities to war but you got to give it to the I mean the Russians won the war we got to give them that respect. Without, part of yeah. the team. without without the Russians, we would not have won. No, they, they had the biggest sacrifice for yeah. sure. Oh, what do you mean? The Americans won the war. They saved the world. <laughs> Isn't that how every movie goes? Yeah. God right. Bless okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I actually have a story about some witches too. If you want to hear about it. Yeah. Science Corner. So my witches are of the asshole variety. (laughs) (laughs) We've talked a lot about this right now. Uh, I'm talking about mediums and psychics. Okay, the people who can talk to the dead. Have you ever interacted with one? No. Um, I have a story about that later, but I want you to tell you yours first. Okay. Uh, I've always wanted to. Mm -hmm. And in Shelburne, apparently there's a person that does it up there that I want to go to. I, I... I need it's, to explain. I think it's it. the same woman who came to our house. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So somebody came to your house? All right. Tell, I want to hear your story. Okay. Tell your story. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't want to like hijack that. I'm not even that. started yet. Okay, good. So uh, first off, I did not, agree. I didn't I didn't care, but it wasn't even me who did it. So uh, my wife, Erin, and a couple of her friends just thought it'd be fun. I think it was just like before COVID hit, they wanted something fun to do that wasn't like, let's get, you know, let's drink and like party. Like, let's just do something that's fun and unique. Tell so, them. Yeah. So they invited some moon someone. I don't know what it was. First okay. off, it was $75 for half an hour. Well, yeah, they're, they're psychic energy. It's they don't need lot. time. Like, they already know what they're going to say before they get there. So it really should be like 
20 bucks for 15 minutes then. It's like, get everything out <laughs> yeah. I want to know, right? Like, what do you want to know? Okay, here you go. So it was so funny because like, <laughs> I I don't believe in the stuff, being honest. Yeah. And so I was really just like looking at what this person was doing. They walked into our house and said hi and chat with everybody and said, oh, we're going to call everyone in one at a time. And so anyways, Aaron comes back and she's like, oh my God, she told us so much about this house. I was like, okay, like, like what? She's like, she knew there was a photo of our house in the house and it was an old map. I was like, Aaron, behind our couch is the old map of Yarmouth with our house on it. <laughs> in the room. In the room that she saw. Like, and there's just like a bunch of other things like that. I was like, what? Like another one, she was like, oh, there's, there's, a, there's a captain who's a, a ghost who's haunting your house, but he's friendly, so don't worry. And she's like, Aaron even was like, that's ridiculous. I was like, this, she looked up and saw a widow's walk in our house. Like, yeah. This is clearly an old, like, seafarer's yeah. captain's home. Yeah. So just, like, all those things. And, like, I kept hearing all this stuff. I'm like, I can't believe we paid $75 plus tip for this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we are not that wealthy that we can just drop that cash yeah. on. Uh, like, you got widow walk money, but you don't have medium money. Exactly. Yeah. I think Dan see, Dan saw one too, and she was told there was a ghost in our house. But it's, it's friendly. So, yes. Well, they're not going to be like, you should move. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Can we start Barncast, Barncast Visions. Barncast like, Mediums. Oh, shit. It's right behind you. Yeah. Like, you, you better gotta, sell this house and you better sell it cheap because I want to move in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, it's just, you know what? I can get rid of them, but you need to move out and just sell me the property for like all I can afford is this. Look, here's the box. Like, I'll take it house. off your hand. You can't yeah. sell a haunted house. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're I'll, welcome, really. I'll have to spend two to five years in it to cleanse it first. <laughs> And then I'll flip it. Boom, flip it. All right, we'll start a TV show, Medium Flippers. <laughs> People might interpret that like we're not that great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're okay we're, we're at it. We're medium good yeah. flippers. Yeah, we're like, Don't expect that we much from even. us. We yeah, break even. We break even. Exactly. It's more about the fun we have and friendships we make. But So four people went. Three of them came out bawling their eyes out of this like session. I was yeah. like, you you just paid to hear like terrible things happen to your family, none of which have come true. Like yeah, none, not like, yet. I, th- I think yeah, true. I mean, it was very very vague. And yeah, I've been to, I've been to one when I was in India, and I was like just listening to the stuff, and I was like, I'm just always curious to see like because I go into it and I'm just like stone faced because mm-hmm. I don't want them to read anything off me. And mine was the most vague like horoscope stuff from like the Chronicle, you know. Harold or whatever, like nothing at all pertaining to me. Other than he was like, "You're going to live until 104." Like, <laughs> well, it's not like you're gonna be able to call him. On yeah, the shit like, he, he was way older than he, he was. Like 25. Bro, I died at 84. You liar! <laughs> exactly. I want my 15 bucks. Although I have told you now, so if I do, you I'm not. He's not gonna be alive that long. <laughs> Neither of us are. God, am I? Gonna, yeah, it's true. I'm probably like live the longest. Both. All right, you're listeners, have, if you're hearing this right now. Tyler will outlive us all. Yeah. Um, I can't remember his name. The Fatim, right. Fatim in India. Please Fatim. call Fatim in India and tell him. Yeah, he might live even longer because he's in tune with the spirits. Yes, I don't think so. Anyways, I'm sorry. Back yeah. to yours. But, I mean, I mean, you touched on some of the things that these mediums do, right? First of all, they're, they're really good con artists. Like, they're really oh, good yeah. at reading your face. They're really good at picking up on your cues and how you're reacting. So they can direct things that way because it's all about emotional manipulation mm. with them, right? So, 
And then they like to, to do generalized questions and questions that usually apply to everyone. Um, you know, like I, I see, I sense uh, you're struggling right now. Oh, my God, I am. Yeah, yeah, I am. And then they, they, they let the people fill in some of the blanks. Yeah. But everybody's struggling. You know, everybody yeah. has, well, you know, I, I feel the presence of a lost loved one. Um, they were meaning a, something to you. Yeah, it's maybe maybe a male. Oh, my, 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 my grandfather just died, you know? Like, yeah. Because everyone has death in, in, their, in their lives, right? Right. And then they say, you know, don't, don't worry about the money. You know, they want you to know, don't worry about the money. It's like, because everyone's worried about money. Yeah. Like, anyway, it's all, it's all ridiculous. Poke em. So anyway, a group of scientists wanted to see if uh, people can actually talk to the dead and f- have them answer questions. Because you see all the time mediums getting brought into police cases, mm. um, searching for, for missing victims and, and murdered victims. And they're saying, okay, like, I'll commune with the spirit and we can find them. So they're like, okay. Let's do a little scientific yeah. theory here. Let's design a thing to see if you can do it. Yeah, but science isn't real, though. I know. That's what my medium told me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Was it the Long Island medium? Yeah, and then she charged up my crystals for me and sent me on my way. <laughs> um, and, I mean, these people have been around for millennia, right? All through human history. Yeah, like soothsayers and yeah. stuff. So this practice is still going on today, and they charge high fees, and they deliver words from the dead loved ones. Um and it has been met with a lot of scrutiny. There was a, a really good documentary uh, about Amazing Randy, James Randy. Mm-hmm. And he kind of took up the mantle of, um, who was the famous guy? <coughs> um, the famous magician. Kreskin? Kreskin? What? Kreskin. You mean Houdini? Houdini, yeah. Houdini. <laughs> Not the same person. I'm talking, Kreskin's a mentalist. Who? I saw him. I never. He's been to PEI. <laughs> He's not Houdini. famous then. Didn't Houdini come to Yarmouth or something? I don't know. I think he did. But like Harry Houdini started but it Kreskin off. Kreskin didn't. Um, <laughs> Nobody knows who that is. The big crusade against the mentalist started with Harry Houdini because he lost his wife mm-hmm. and he wanted to believe in these mediums, right? Um, but he wanted it to be real. So he started just like scrutinizing and studying and trying and disproving mediums because he wanted to find a real one so he could talk to his wife, but he just for the life of him couldn't find a real one. But anyway, James Randi um, is offering, or he passed away, uh, but he offered a million dollars for any psychic to scientifically verify their paranormal claims. Um, and there's a really good documentary about his life and how he tricked the CIA uh, with the psychic mm-hmm. research program and all this cool stuff. So researchers at the Institute of Noetic Science in California and the University of California, San Diego, mm-hmm. have put more mediums to the test. And the results are not looking good for the mediums. Subpar. Yeah. And they They, they should have saw this coming. <laughs> right? <laughs> Too bad, you know... Your dead person didn't tell you this, you know? Yeah. So, and the the findings were published in the Journal of Brain and Cognition. So they took 12 professional mediums and 12 normal people, and then researchers were trying to see if they could, in fact, have a connection with the dead that helped them understand the cause of death of the person better than the average person. Okay. So the idea is, we'll show you somebody, you connect with their spirit, and they will tell you how they died. Right? Okay, so there's no no one in front of them for no, them to read off because they're dead. No, no, no. But I mean, it wasn't <laughs> not like someone's grand, like someone holding a photo of their grandparent. Yeah, no, no, no. No, it was just just a photo. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm assuming they didn't bring in the corpse. 
So they, they, they were shown 180 memorial images of deceased individuals before being asked how the people died. Um, and while they were testing them, they had their heart rate and brain activity monitored. So if mediums mm-hmm. were able to link up and talk to the dead, obviously they should have identified the correct death more often than your control right. or your normal group, mm-hmm. right? Because they had, like, their control was just, like, like picked at random. So just random chance right. to see how random chance would pick. Then they just had 12 people, and then they had 12 mediums. Okay. So they should obviously, even if it's a little better, the mediums will still have a leg to stand on. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, the mediums actually performed worse than everyone. Than the, the random chance of control. <laughs> they, they perform worse than random chance and just random people guessing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they were trying to, like, I don't know, shirk the system somehow, like trick everybody into thinking it. I'm, I'm assuming not. I think they're just terrible at their jobs. But well, yeah. Yeah, they're just liars. Yeah. Well, it's not real. Yeah. So and this, these terrible are... at it. They're just, it's just not real. <laughs> yeah. So when the control group, like the 12 regular people, were guessing the cause of death, they performed better than random chance with a 4% increase over what the researchers would have expected them to do, like just by clicking at random. So they were 4% better than random. Um, but the mediums well, managed... that's not bad. I wonder if they left thinking, oh, my God, I'm a medium. <laughs> yeah. I need to open up a tent. Exactly. Um, but the mediums performed worse than just chance with a decrease of 0.2%. So okay. they were not only worse than the regular people, they were worse than just guessing, yeah. randomly clicking on stuff. So furthermore, the mediums took longer on average to answer the questions, um, particularly the questions that they got incorrect. So they're like, oh. mm, you know, I need, to, I need to focus and contact the spirits. There's coming to me. He had AIDS. <laughs> no. No, he had a heart attack. It was like a photo of like a seven-year-old boy or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Old age. <laughs> no, not old age. <laughs> he didn't have Benjamin Biden's disease. Um, so also when they started looking at the, the brain and the heart rate, it showed some differences. So throughout the test, the mediums maintain an average higher, uh, higher than average heart rate, mm-hmm. uh, almost 10 beats per minute higher. And what they think is basically they were stressed out, right? Yeah. <laughs> because they knew they were being tested and they were lying. <laughs> they're like, oh, shit. I don't even know why they would join up for this, but they're like, yeah, no, I can fool science. I wonder if they tricked them into it. Yeah. Anyway, so the uh, the controls were just relaxed. Like, I don't know, you know, gunshot, uh, cirrhosis, uh, I don't know. Were they even shown the photos? Yeah, or they're, just sh- like, they're okay. showing pictures. Okay. Um, so, I mean, if they're younger, you could, you know, maybe car accidents. or Right. Um, but yeah, the mediums are just stressing out the whole time. <laughs> like, oh no, they're gonna they're gonna find out I'm full of shit. Um, and then the EEG, uh, which is like the brain activity, mm-hmm. um, were also looked at, and there were also some differences um, in the brains of the control subjects. There appeared to be more activity in the visual processing region of the brain than the mediums. Mm-hmm. So it seems like you know they're focusing on cues in the pictures to kind of help them right. figure out. And the researchers suggest that the controls dedicated more attention to analyzing the appearance of the photographs, although differences in brain activity were not significantly uh, linked to more correct answers. But it seems like the people that weren't full of shit 
that were just like, I mean, I guess I'll try to figure it out. Yeah. They're like, all I have is this to look at, so I'm really going to analyze that. And, well, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. you, you got to think of, like, is there any clues in the photo? Like, can you see anything? Yeah. That if someone looks sickly, then you can assume that yeah. they died from well, the disease got, or cancer. Dark rings or under their eyes. Okay, yeah. Maybe they're not as healthy. Yeah, but obviously the, the, the mediums are, like, in the back of their mind constantly. I'm sure on the EEG, the area of stress of the brain was probably significantly more highlighted than other people. Because, I mean, you walk in there, you don't give a crap if you're right or wrong, except for the medium. They're the only ones with something at stake. Yeah. But are they really? Because people still believe Like Some people believe whatever they say. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. don't worry. For anyone I've offended on here, the mediums have the, the answer why they, they failed this. You know, some of the mediums commented that they found it difficult to differentiate between the type of death as they reported feeling the pain of the deceased individual, but not the cause of the pain. So, like, <laughs> like I'm really dancing my eyes, around folks. in here. Classic <laughs> bullshit, right? Yeah. Like, well, you know, like, there was just so much pain. It was like, actually, that guy overdosed on heroin, and he didn't have much yeah. pain at all. <laughs> he, was, he was feeling great. Yeah, right to the end. Um, so the other saying, like, well, I couldn't, you know, there's just too much pain I felt, and I couldn't focus. They may have interpreted a given type of pain as a heart attack, but a similar pain could have occurred by being shot in the chest. <laughs> oh, the chest is either a heart attack, a car accident. Uh, I got stepped on by an elephant. Uh, so, yeah. So they, they really took it into themselves. But yeah. right, that's, that's some solid, like, trying to cover their asses. Well, yeah, I mean, they, it didn't work. No I mean, one believes what, them. But. but some people would. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean. Well, you're going to people who defend anything. It's What is that? It's a psychological thing where, like, if someone gives you so many facts that prove you're wrong, you just believe more of what you think. Yeah, it just. What is that? Oh, that's going to bug I me. Know. I do know it, but anyway. I, there was an interesting kind of study looking at, and it's just off the, the thing, but religious groups send people out to evangelize, mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm necessarily to evangelize to others or like the effect right. isn't to convert as many people as you can what it does is is it isolates those people more and more into their religion right. so like if you're going mormon door knocking or if you're a baptist missionary or whatever mm-hmm. you're going out you're you're getting a lot of doors slammed in your face right and you're slowly realizing okay i don't have anybody else right like everybody no one else is giving me crazy. the time of day you know like yeah. mm-hmm. and it, it actually one of the biggest benefits of sending people out to evangelize is to cement them to the group better. Right. Uh, rather than evangelize out. I thought it was kind of interesting. That is neat. Yeah. Trippy. Anyway, that's all I have about well, psychics and mediums. Are you sure? So. I feel like... So I've actually... I meant to bring it up earlier, too. I remember... So there was like this like eight-year-old girl who... Kind of the same thing. She didn't believe in mediums like at all. Like psychics. She thinks that they're crazy. So she went out to prove as an eight-year-old for her science project for a school that they're, like, full of crap. Yeah. So she had, like, the most simple method possible. She just had, like, herself behind, like, one of those trifold cardboard boards, and she had a rock in one hand, and she'd organize it behind, and she'd put her hands, like, through the paper so they could only see the two hands, and they had to say, okay, which hand has the rock in it? And the same thing, the mediums performed worse then random people would be like, ah, I don't know, that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just like, this like, is an why, eight-year-old girl. Why didn't you ask Elvis to tell you where that rock was? 
Yeah. Because Elvis isn't dead. That's why. That's Learning right. Mar- We're Tupac. <laughs> no, still. Still not. So you got to find someone who we can confirm is, and I don't know if there is that. Yeah. Right? But uh, any medium that wants to come on the show and, and, and defend their position, I would love to have you on here. And that learn would be more amazing. About it, you know? Um, I think it would be great. And I think maybe the barn cast should find one, and we can all go get our, our spirits read. And have it done live. Yeah. I like that. I hope she licks our hands. Oh, boy. (laughs) What? I don't know. You want her to lick your hands? All of our hands. And then we can high five. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Isn't that what they do? They do weird stuff, don't they? I don't think they lick lick their client's hands. Click, like, well, it's COVID time. They're not doing it now. I don't think they ever were doing it. Do they kill crows? Probably Tyler does, but... (laughs) Maybe he's a medium. Maybe he's when, a medium. We, when we moved into our house, there was a dead crow in the yard. That That's a bad old. omen. Yeah. yeah, you think? <laughs> was, I don't, I'm not even. A medium. It was on the property say. line, like between my house and my neighbor's house. So I was like, eh, "It's his. Yeah, he she, picked it up." <laughs> do you think that he had left it there to be like, "Get out"? Probably. Yeah. Preferred the old. He's a good neighbor, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Although I can't beat him when it comes to mowing the lawn. Like, is it, it got it down to a science? Well, it's like he sees me mowing. It doesn't matter if he mowed the day before he gets out there. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. like, I was at the, the funniest thing was like they're really good. Like I work with what uh, uh, his wife at Maple Grove. And they came home from like a camping trip. They had their trailer in tow and everything like that. And I was out mowing the lawn. And like they like pull into the driveway. He gets out of the car into the garage on the mower and gets out <laughs> mowing before she's like even in the house. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I so, like it. So, I have a question for you guys, if that's okay. I love questions. Okay, so it's a bit, it's a little personal. Are you okay with that? Sure. Um, I'm going to be asking my grandmother, so shoot away. Okay. Um, speaking of shooting, what's the most amount of pain you've ever been in? Like, what's the most like the event that you've been like, holy crap, this like legitimately hurts. Mine's dumb because I'm weak, but <laughs> mine's mine's dumb because it's dumb. Um, Sounds about right. This is fun. It's a little story. Yeah, go for but, it. But uh, uh, okay, I my brothers were home visiting, and we were about to go out on the evening because we mm-hmm. don't get much time together. So it was nice, and I jumped off our deck, and I landed sideways on our foot. And our deck is only four stairs high. And my parents said <laughs> it's okay. not high. And I was we, like, we jumped off it as kids. Yeah, is that yeah. even a jump? No, it's no, a, but like, it's like I, a step. I jumped yeah. and I did like a like a like a, like a one eighty. Did, did you do an air kick? <laughs> <laughs> Like a full heel click, yeah. just because you were so excited your brothers were home. And I'm like, I'm like 23, 24 at this point, and I land sideways and I hear bang, and mm-hmm. I snap, and just immense pain. And so, um, I'm like, I think I broke my foot. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, I broke my foot. My brothers come out and we were heading uh, heading out. We were walking, and and I start walking. Every time I step, I'm like swearing. I'm like, it is excruciating to yeah. walk. And then of course. I told her, but I was like, Ben, you jumped off the deck. Stop being a baby. And let's go. <laughs> like, you're holding us up. I'm like, okay, you know, okay. And so we we keep walking up. Every step is excruciating, mm-hmm. miserable pain. And I get halfway, like, to the mall, and they had just dug down the um, Pleasant Street. They, okay. They, they were working on the, the water and stuff. There's, like, right. a three-foot drop. So okay. there's no Pleasant Street at this point. I remember that. And then my brother shoved me off the sidewalk. <laughs> Because they're just laughing at me, right? And uh, so I fall in this little pit, this three-foot pit, and then I'm trying to get out, and they're just laughing at me on my broken foot. And then finally I'm like, I'm like halfway to the red night, and we're like, okay, 
I'm not going to like walk all the way there, then stand around on it, and then have to walk all the way you home. You mean right. dance around on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I was like, boys, you go on without me. I'm going home. Um, anyway, and then I walked home, and mm-hmm. every step I swore. And then later that evening, one of the brothers came in, and they were still laughing at my faking foot. You mm-hmm. know, I was being a drama queen, and my brother punched me in it. <laughs> That was Matt, wasn't it? I'm not going to say who's who's what, you know? Because, you, uh, yeah, you definitely haven't thrown your brothers under the bus with a story at all. <laughs> <laughs> you can go one step. Well, maybe you couldn't, but. But uh, anyway, uh, the next day I was in a cast up to my knee. And then my brother's like, oh, okay, I'm an asshole. Because like, they, they legitimately just didn't believe. They're like, you're a baby. So that's like, so the step is actually less than the Sierra's right here. 100%. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Broke my foot. And then I oh, was yeah, in way Quebec. Less, way less than that. I was in Quebec. My cast got wet, and I was in like real that sounds painful rural French Quebec, and uh, I I sat for thirteen hours to get a new cast. Oh my god! And they didn't see me. I laughed, and I cut my cast off myself. And then like how soon after you got the cast? I don't know, like two and a half weeks. Okay. So so then I ended up going to the Jewish hospital in. Montreal because they were English and they were very lovely. Mm-hmm. And then they gave me one. I ended up re-breaking my foot in the exact same spot though. <laughs> like <laughs> months later. But um we like curse those steps. <laughs> yeah, you know? Sorry. And I actually broke it going down uneven stairs. <laughs> so um I have a funny story about broken foot as well. It doesn't concern me though, as in high school. So a buddy of mine, he worked at Dairy Queen. Weirdly enough, by the way, the busiest Dairy Queen in the world. Charlottetown. Really? Honest to God. The world. The world. You've got to get their blizzards. I, honest to God, I'm not joking. You can Google that right now. The busiest Dairy Queen in the world, wow. and it will honest, be Charlottetown. No, I'm going to ask um, George Washington's spirit come upon me. <laughs> yep, he's right. Okay, thank George you. Washington actually showed me the blizzard he's eating from there. The right largest now. Dairy uh... Not the largest, busiest. Okay, sorry. Yeah. No, it wouldn't be the largest. It's not that big. But yeah, no. Chowtown Dairy Queen, busiest in the world. (laughs) Trivia, folks. I know, weird. Anyway, uh, so he was working there, and he was like, you know those bar fridges below the counter? And, like, you're busy. He's making blizzards. He goes to, like, close it with his, like, his foot and, like, twists his ankle, breaks his foot. (laughs) That's worse than me. Oh, way worse. It gets way worse than that, too. So he's got a cast, and so he's got crutches. He's going to school, and I went to a school that was full two floors you had to go up and down and he was like i don't care like whatever i'll just use the staircase and crutches and go up it's no problem it was a problem he <laughs> like I'd probably 25 minutes after arriving at school he got into the top floor and on those when he's trying to go down he fell and broke his other foot <laughs> within a week and then the funniest was i mean that was terrible but he had to literally like go to school in the wheelchair yeah well no one at that school in like 20 years ever had like a wheelchair. It wasn't like really a wheelchair accessible school. We did have like an old, old, old elevator. Yeah. So I'm in like a French class in grade 10. And all of a sudden we just hear this like weird buzzing. We're like, is that, is that, is that the fire drill? And it, even the teacher was like, what is happening right now? Like no one knew what the sound was. And eventually, remember, we didn't have cell phones at this point because it was a long, it was like 2001. 
So eventually we figure out that the poor guy had to use the elevator to get up to the top floor because the French class is on the top floor. But because no one had used it and no one had inspected it, it broke down halfway through. And the tires, like the whole elevator was like smaller than like a side table. So he just had himself, literally could fit just himself in a wheelchair. And, it, and he's just like banging on like the door <laughs> and on the buzzer. And it was like this old buzzer from like the 1960s. It literally took three hours to get him out. He was just stuck. It was like nine nine twenty in the morning, and he was stuck, and like the I, whole day was ruined. I'm, like, I'm going home for the week. I don't think yeah. I've, I can't think of a time that I've been in a lot of. I've never broke a bone. Really? Yeah. So like, I don't. To be honest with you, I don't know. Like, if I have anything that I can think. Nothing about. like significant. Like you've no. obviously been in pain. No, I've been with my brother twice when he broke the same foot twice. Once golfing. Um, when we were juniors at uh, provincial tournament, he broke. He hit himself in the foot with a golf club, <laughs> broke, and broke his foot plate. And this was like on one of the first few holes of the of the first round. It was a two day tournament, and he complained the whole anyway. He finished the round, complained to dad, mom and dad. Like it was, it was in Pumnico, and dad kind of like was, well, you know, you know, just suck it up. You played bad. Like, yeah. going to more. Kind Take of a thing. towel. And so he, he walked thirty six holes on a broken foot, and then like the Sunday that that evening after the second round, he was still complaining about some mom took him to the hospital and had a broken foot. Yeah, Dad made, awful. Him, <laughs> made him walk the golf tour. But we, are, we are throwing people under the bus well, hard dad, tonight. Your dad is basically Tiger Woods' dad. Yeah, that's what he was. <laughs> <Yeah. documentary. laughs> but he also, we also, my brother also, we used to play like a lot of full contact football in our backyard. Mm-hmm. It's a small backyard, but we right. but anyway. My brother, like, my brother got hit tw- like from up, like top and lower at the same time. Mm-hmm. And broke his foot that way or ankle or something. And he was laying there in the snow, and we're like, "Get up, man! Like, come on! Like, mom's coming home! Like, she just like they did not want us playing this contact football anymore because we were getting hurt." Right. And he was just laying there, like kicking snow at him, and like just trying to like drag him into the house. And his mom got home, took him right to the hospital, came back with a cast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. I I've never. I mean, I had stitches once, but it didn't hurt. Okay. I yeah. don't know. I can't think of anything. The I'm probably time. forgetting something, but yeah. I mean. Yeah, I, the only time I can think of that, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to throw up from pain. And it went away like really, really quickly. It's a little gross. I had like, it was in high school. I was in, I had uh, like an ingrown toenail on my big toe. Gross. Sorry, I know, it was gross. And yep. so I was like lying down, like we had a we had a basement in our house that was like fully finished and the TV was down there for, the, for everybody, but there wasn't really like a couch. And so I would sometimes would just like lie on the floor with my feet up and like against the wall or whatever. And so I went to like roll to get up go to dinner but when i did that my the toe with the um ingrown toenail got caught on the actual gene and ripped i don't like any of this story yeah it was bad that's nasty that was it was i'm so sorry anyways there was a reason why i asked that because a study has come out a couple studies have actually come out to not necessarily like rank pain but like to to discuss and look at like what what is like the limit of human pain and so there's a couple different things that are on here that like everyone would, would, would hear about that people would think of. Like when you think of like what's the most painful thing a human can go through outside of like, I'm not talking about like getting an arm chopped off, but like a natural, like something that happens. Like childbirth what, is so, on there. Childbirth is definitely very, very high list. And the, having seen, were you in, were you in the room when age was? Yeah, we're not going to get into it, but I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was bad. I, I, don't, I don't come out pretty, very pretty in that, that no. story. So I'm okay. just not going to mention no, it. No, but it's, yeah, I was, I was there for Emmett and I was like, oh, okay, I'm really glad I don't have to do that. Yeah. So that's one. Can you think of anything else that immediately comes to mind? Um, the thing I've heard that is the worst is cracking your femur bone. That is on there as well. Testicular torsion. 
<laughs> that did not, not make the list. It, it didn't. I'm not going to get into the story. I know the story. Okay, I'm not going to tell it. But yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. No, that did not. But yes. So of all the bones to break, that one is the worst. But there's still other ones. I broke problem. a guy's femur. Did you playing hockey? Wow. Broke his yeah. Wow. His leg I should stop places. being so rude to you. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little worried now. It, it, the, it, uh, everyone knows John McKinnon. Um, yes. You should ask. He was ref in the game. Didn't give me a penalty. So. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So he was scared of you. That yeah, might have been. <laughs> okay. Uh, so some of the other ones that came up. Uh, weirdly, I didn't. I didn't know this. Like I, this happens to a lot of people who are older. Like shingles. Apparently, yeah. shingles are like incredibly painful. But like people who get them tend to be a lot older. So they're not even necessarily able to communicate how much pain they're actually in. Okay. I knew they were bad. I didn't realize they were that bad. Yeah. Like really, really bad. All right, I want to know what number one is. Um, so a couple other ones Stop first before patient. we go. I know. Well, I'm excited now. Um, scratched cornea is another one, which actually happened to Aaron. That's how Aaron went blind for a month. Do you remember when I got smoked in the eye and had to wear a patch yeah. when we were little? Your mom had to like fix me up. At the, uh, it was like a Sunday. Bend in a branch to break it. Oh. And snap back and smoke me in the eye. I had to wear a patch for like a month <sighs> at school. We threw a book at Nate and scratched his cornea. <laughs> with a, he got a paper cut on his <laughs> eye. Yes. And he had to wear an eye patch. Yeah. So that, if it's really bad, like depending Chestnut on severity. Chestnut Street was rough. <laughs> Inner city. Yeah. Uh, so that's one. Uh, another one, especially kidney stones. Yeah. Okay. As apparently, like, I mean, again, this is all like a shows. severity. Yeah. Like, like sometimes you can get ones that aren't that bad, but like bad kidney stones are like they change your life. You're debilitating. Uh, just generally pain after surgeries. My mom, my mom had a, a full knee replacement, and that's like one of the worst pains you can have after surgery as well. Uh, and just in general, burns. So yeah. like, like okay. our third degree burn. But none of those, none of those are anywhere close to something called. Uh, it's called the cluster headache. Have you ever heard of this before in your life? No, I mean, obviously, I don't headache. even get really. I really cluster, don't even get headaches. Yeah, cluster headache rings a bell. Um, like I'm, I may, like I don't know it. Right. But like I've heard that term before. Right. So the other name for it, sometimes people refer to it is as unfortunately suicide headaches. That's so, a happy name. Yeah. So these are some like some people have said it's like imagine someone's jabbed a white hot poker into your eye socket and it is holding it there for forty five minutes to an hour and a half. Like the actual image, if you Google cluster headache there's an image that someone had depicted like they're an artist like this is what it feels like and it's a like goblin lifting up an eyelid of a human and shoving their full fist and like arm elbow deep into the eyeball nasty so it's like it's one of those things that it's so painful you can't even begin to imagine it until you actually experience it and to this day they still don't really know what causes it? They know that the hypothalamus, uh, which is like part of your circadian rhythm and also what helps store memory, is, is like is part of it. But they don't know how. They don't know why. And it seems to be fairly random. One thing they do say, though, is that it can come from a family history. So if you have it, you can pass that on to your children. Well, genetic component? Yes. So, I mean... Some of the information that comes up is, is again, spotty because it's so rare. It's like one out of a thousand people in America have this. But if you, if you YouTube it and you see people who are, like, going through a fit, they'll have, like, a half an hour of them literally pounding themselves in the head. It looks like someone who's going through a psychotic breakdown because they're just pounding themselves in the head to get away from it. And the reason why it's called a cluster headache is because it can last for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and a half. But it can come almost at the same time every day, and it's it can go for like 
a couple weeks to a couple months to some people have a chronic where it happens like literally every day at the same time. So imagine that. Imagine knowing at 11.22 in the morning you were going to go through the worst pain a human can go through for an hour and a half. Like how would that... Every day. Every day. There is no respite. Like you cannot get away from this pain. The closest thing they have is they do know that like straight oxygen can really help as well as a couple different like medications can help as well like straight like analgesics to 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 somewhat counter it like it doesn't like get rid of the pain it just makes it so it goes from like a 12 to like an eight yeah so it takes it from like a cluster headache to a bad burn yeah right so it's it's insane like reading some of these people oh it's awful like think of how much that would change your life like people talk about i mean obviously people who live with chronic pain like fibromyalgia and all those like their lives are completely changed because of this pain and it's it's obviously bad like i don't want to take a sickle cell anemia also is extreme amount of pain as well too but this is that on steroids and not like where you get jacked just the disease gets jacked um and there's people like one guy, there's this eight-year-old guy who had who had it, and the, the doctor was like, we have this drug we could give you, but it has so many like bad side effects that you could really be sick, you could die from it. And the guy was like, I have a shotgun at home, and if you don't give me this, I'm going home and killing myself. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Just like yeah, cause imagine nuts. That would just destroy you. Yeah. Like, like mentally, physically, like everything, like... Yes. Like, you couldn't live a life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, so was, and the worst part is some people have it where it goes for, like, say, three weeks, and they can go into remission for a while, but then it can come back. So imagine, again, living your life knowing that there's not really anything. You can't continually take a medication to make sure this is at bay. Yeah. Right? So it can come back like that, and there's nothing you can do about it, and you just have to live. Like, they talk about how they some people have, like, no relationships. Because, like, imagine if your partner had this and you had to wake up and see them, li- like, screaming, like, worse than you've ever heard someone scream who's in utmost pain, pounding their head, and you just have to sit there and just, like, rub their back. Because yeah. there's nothing you can do. It's it's nuts. So, yeah, I do not want one ever, and I'm hoping it does It does say it's four times more common in men, but usually if it doesn't happen by, like, the 40s, you're okay ish. Okay. So you and if if you have no one in your family at all who has it, then again, it, and it's just rare to be good with anyway. So, but yeah. but I feel like I'm not like super tough where I haven't like gone through much physical pain like to myself. <laughs> no, like, I would. I feel like anything that comes at me now is going to be like the end for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've never really <laughs> hurt myself. So no. like if I have never experienced that pain, so yeah. it's so other people are like yeah, it's like it's a paper cut in my eye in the center of my head. It's a pain that's so sharp and excruciating, there's no talking or doing anything other than just screaming to try and get out of it. It makes you want to get up and literally run from the pain. Like, people would just get up and just run to try it just because they can't think, that you can't yeah. function, just you can't... Let me do something to change yeah. my state, you know? Like. And you can't do it. I don't know. So the whole time I've been trying to think of, like, times where I've, like... Been, been in pain. In pain. I think the the worst I can think of is when we got when I got lost up north and like for like two days later my legs were like like I could barely walk right for like two days and it hurt yeah. to move like my yeah. whole body hurt but I don't know it went away like it wasn't like nothing was broken nothing right. was strained nothing was 
torn. It, was it wasn't. Just, it's not a permanent thing. No, it was just that yeah. my body was extremely sore for two days. Could barely yeah. move. But yeah. Um, so yeah. I wonder, cluster like, headaches. Don't get them. They they started doing a lot more deep brain stimulation with electrodes, mm-hmm. and there was a study that just came out that said. The, the cool thing with those, I mean, it's crazy the idea that they bury a wire into the middle of your brain mm-hmm. and then zap your brain. But it's not that crazy stuff you see from, like, the 1960s, like, insane asylums where they're, like, putting electrodes on your temples. And, right. Um, but they found that it instantly reverses um, depression. Like, mm. they're finding amazing uh, results from these deep brain stimulation from, the, uh, from electrical pulses. Yeah. I wonder if something like that, where like your nerves are sending these electrical pulses, like if you could interfere with it on an electrical level, you know, where like meds and things don't really work. Right. So that is actually it's interesting you mentioned that because that is actually something that they're looking at. Something to do with it's it's called the vagus nerve. Vagus. Yeah. Is that my vagus. Vagus. V a g u s. Yeah, I call it the vagus, but yeah, vagus. So, so they are looking at like vagus. They know that's. Can you please not whisper that into the mic? <laughs> Sorry, the spirits told me to do it. Okay. Is that, is that what you're going to use anytime you do something like, you deliberately be like a dick? Be like, Sorry, the spirits told me I had to. I, mean, I feel their pain. Man. Yeah. The spirits. <laughs> and they were having they're, cluster they're headaches smacking too. They're me in the vagus. <laughs> <laughs> so they're saying that they're trying to do, they're trying to get like, so they do notice that the, the vagus nerve is also being um, like, basically being utilized during this as well. And they did find that if you could stop that stimulation from happening beforehand, then it seems to also cut it out. But they're still not sure because some people were still having it even when that wasn't being activated. Yeah. And so they're also looking at just different psychedelic drugs, right? There, there's a lot like, like that they're looking at like different uh, like mushrooms as well too to kind of see if that, and I don't know if that's actually changing the cluster headaches or just making you so stoned you don't know you've got one is almost maybe you could like compartmentalize it you know yeah you know take it and put it in a room and enter another thought spot you know right i don't know like well i mean i mean they're scientists these days are getting people stoned like they're looking at doing for people with ptsd using mdma as well too so all these kinds of things so anyways it's it's kind of crazy that's that goes on but yeah it's just it's such a chronic and horrible thing to get that I can't even imagine. Like I said, no, I've been through barely any pain really <laughs> in my so life. Like when I think about it and I read these stories and I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do if I had it. And I definitely don't know what I would do if my partner had it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like how much would that change? And so people are saying like, they're often single, they have no jobs. They can't do anything because, because of this, because they're worried about an attack that might last for 45 minutes a day. Nutty. We have, we have touched on a lot this evening. Yeah. yeah. Do we miss anything? Probably. I assume so. We always miss stuff, but we can always check it in next week. All right, folks. I want to thank you for coming along on this Barncast adventure full of spirits and spooks. <laughs> I want to take this second to remind you that your long-lost relatives have commanded me that you need to... Like and subscribe to us and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Good night!